podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am not joined by anybody. Take that back. I'm joined by you guys. Today we are opening up the mailbag and I got to tell you, you guys came through in a big way. I have so many questions that, that look, I was blown away. So, so thank you guys for that. As a reminder, every single Sunday I open up the mailbag and I, oh, I, I go to iTunes and I look at all of the reviews and anything that you guys send in the form of a five-star iTunes review gets answered on the show. So that's what, we'll get, what we're going to be doing today. Today's show is going to be brought to you in part by Mizuma and others. More on that here in a bit. Uh, I'm honestly just going to start and dive right in. You guys know where to find me. I'm on Twitter at Anthony Irwin LA, and you know where to find the show. It is on Twitter at Locked On Lakers. Uh, and also, it's on Facebook uh, under Locked On Lakers as well, if you guys want to find it there. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how best to, be, to uh, fill out you know, what kind of content to throw on that page there. So I don't know if you guys want photoshops or anything like that, or just, you know, show, share the show there every day. Uh, let me know what you guys think about that, uh, in, in the form of an email. Oh, and also I was told by my bosses, if you're interested in sponsoring the show, uh, reach out to Lakers at law or Lakers locked on at gmail.com. Uh, send me an email there and tell me about your product, and we'll see if we can find a partnership. We have a sales sheet and all that stuff. We have a salesperson. His name is Brad, who you would talk to. So we'll go through there. Uh, like I said, though, a ton to get to today. So let's just dive right in. Uh, I, I wasn't quite positive where we left off with the last one, so I just took everything from November 9th on. So the first question here is about Monty Williams, and this is from uh, Laker for Life Go, Lake Show Go. Fan of the podcast, I was wondering, I read an article written by someone who covers the Lakers, and they said the Lakers should go after Monty Williams as their new head coach. Uh, not only do I think he's a good coach, but he's also one of Anthony Davis's guys. What do you think about this, and do you see this as a real possibility? That's an interesting one. For one thing, I don't think Luke Walton is going anywhere right now uh, just because the Lakers have picked things up since that infamous meeting with Magic Johnson. Uh, Johnson was actually interviewed during the, the Lakers game against Miami last night by the time you guys are listening to this. Uh, by the way, LeBron, turns out he's all right. It <laughs> turns out he's pretty good. Uh, I, well, I'm sure I'll talk about him over the course of the uh, over the course of the show, though. But about Monty Williams, I, I think if we start hearing some grumblings, more grumblings about frustration in New Orleans, Anthony Davis's people are annoyed, or that there are leaks coming out of the organization that that they're concerned about the lack of of growth around Anthony Davis. Then, you know, we'll see how that goes. They opened up the season looking really good and then have really kind of slowed off recently. Uh, and that's going to be something to watch. I know he there's a quote out there where he basically said that, you know, he he doesn't want to make it just merely make it to the playoffs. And and he definitely doesn't want to do that every so often. So uh, he he. He recognizes that he's a special talent and he should be on a really good team, and he's doing everything he can to help that. And, you know, I think at some point it's fair to wonder whether the New Orleans organization is capable of of helping him do that. So 
with Monty Williams, I've always liked him as a coach. He's an even greater dude. Like he's a really good person. Uh, he was. There's some 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 great stories out there about him. And, you know, I think he would be a good coach for, for the Lakers. He's somebody who was really respected across the entire league. So we would see how that goes. The other thing to keep in mind is who might Kevin Durant prefer as well because he's going to be on the open market this summer. Uh, so so you never know how those things will go. But for right now, Luke Walton is probably the guy for, for the foreseeable future. Next question here, and this will be the last one before we go to break. Uh, actually, this one's a, a quick one. But late game... From uh, Vontae35, so Tyson Chandler is the best pickup of the Lakers' free agency, uh, LeBron aside, obviously. I kind of think you have to say so, right? It's either it's probably a tie between him and JaVale McGee because, you know, Tyson, they do a lot of the same things. And without either one of those guys, the Lakers' rotation would be in shambles and they would be in real serious trouble. The one thing to kind of watch for is that it's looking like Tyson Chandler might be the better fit. Uh, either I would like to see him kind of coach up JaVel McGee with some of the things that Chandler does that makes him successful or, or more successful to this point with the Lakers than ja- JaVel McGee has been since those two have been on the roster at the same time. So I guess in, in that respect, we'll see how that fit plays out. Um, in terms of other guys that the Lakers have added, they definitely seem to miss Rajon Rondo to a certain extent because just having another point guard beyond Lonzo Ball is is really important. And swapping out Tyler Ennis for Rajon Rondo, it turns out, uh, is is kind of helpful. Um, it, beyond that, like Michael Beasley has been pretty disappointing. Lance Stevenson, you guys know how I feel about him. So, yeah, I would probably say it's a tie between JaVale McGee and Tyson Chandler, and that's obviously behind LeBron James. Uh, We'll go one more quick one here. This is from GM's one. Lakers just barely beat the lowly Hawks, and it feels like the uh, Lakers players, particularly LeBron, is trying to get Luke fired with him taking such bad shots and missing free throws in crunch time. If you don't believe me, check out that six-second clip. I tweeted at you on LeBron. Uh, yelling at Luke and disrespecting him by walking away during the last time out in t- uh, tonight's game, so I I never really found that. I'm just gonna get, I'm I'm gonna warn you guys. I I don't I. It's really hard for me to get to individual mentions on my timeline, especially during games because it's just it, the the notifications just kind of keep going through there. Uh, that's quite the humble brag, but. But that's that's really kind of the the case. If you you have a better chance of, of reaching me if you want to at Locked On Lakers. But the, your best chance of of getting anything read on the show, like I've said all along, is is in the form of a five star review. Um, but but as it pertains to the Lakers trying to get Luke fired, I don't think that's the case. I think he's really well liked across the roster. And since that meeting with Magic Johnson, LeBron has gone out of his way to praise Luke Walton and the rest of the coaching staff. So I I think all of the, the Luke Walton concern is probably going to dissipate for the foreseeable future. Also because the Lakers are playing some weaker opponents. Uh, now that didn't stop them from being blown out in Orlando, but, but for the most part, I think the Lakers are probably going to go on a nice little run here and, uh, and things will be all right for, for maybe a few weeks or so. In, in Lakerland. 
We're going to take a quick second here to talk about Mizuma and then take another break. And when we come back, we are going to continue with your guys' questions. Today's show is brought to you in part by Mizuma USA. As I say, every single time I mention them, they have been absolutely incredible with me. Uh, we are, my wife and I are, we both do independent contractor work and the taxes for that, I, I'm not, I'm sure there are other independent contractors listening to the show right now. You guys know taxes for, for that can be really cumbersome. We have a tax uh, expert on, on our, on our team with Mizuma and, and they are great. And so, uh, for starting at only $75 a month, you have access to said tax consultants, CPAs, bookkeepers, all here in the United States, all a cell phone call, an email, a text message away, and and they will help you out however you have to be helped. And considering the time of year that we're in, that's going to be really important for small businesses. So give them a call at 213 213- Nine four seven six nine two six. Again, that is two one three nine four seven six nine two six. One last time, write this number down: two one three nine four seven six nine two six to set up a free consultation with no strings attached, no commitment necessary. Though I hope you make one, and it's the right call if you have a small business. Uh, give them a call. That's Mazuma, your small business's one-stop shop for bookkeeping, taxes, and unlimited accounting advice. We're going to take another quick second here, and when we come back, I'm going to keep on answering your guys' questions. All right, the next question here comes from Sammy9954. Hey, Anthony and or Pete, this is Samuel uh, Henriquez. Henriquez? Henriquez. Well, in Spanish, you don't pronounce the H. So, Enriquez. Uh, And after I watched the Laker game, I found myself disappointed with the way they played despite a win. It started off by us letting go of another huge lead, but what bothered me the most is the fact that LeBron missed more clutch free throws. In my personal opinion, I believe that problem may be in his head, and as a leader of the team, I believe he has to overcome that obstacle in order for us to be successful. He's a 74% free throw shooter, so he should be at least able to hit most of his clutch free throws. Let me know what you think. By the way, I'm a huge fan of the show. Thanks, man. So uh, I'll start with the free throw thing. I don't think that's worth worrying about. I, it's it's sometimes players just go through random ruts or slumps uh, in that in that kind of situation. Free throws are for the most part completely mental. You do so many. Most of these guys practice so many free throws that it's muscle memory. And what it comes down to is, can you focus in any given moment on hitting those free throws, no matter how tired you are, what kind of stress is on the line, what kind of leverage is on those shots as you're shooting them. So yeah, it it is all mental there. And sometimes you just go into a slump and you start questioning yourself. Um, I'm not particularly fond of, of LeBron moving his feet around, but me telling LeBron how to shoot free throws is about as ridiculous as it gets. <laughs> hey, excuse me, Mr. Uh, LeBron. I know you're one of the greatest scorers in the history of all time, but I don't know about moving that foot before you before you get ready to shoot a free throw. That just seems ridiculous. Uh, in terms of winning, I, Pete and I talked about this. I, I, I actually thought, now, 
at some point, they need to expand on one of these leads and really fully blow out a team. They kind of sort of did that in Miami, though that game got kind of close and and LeBron still had to play all the way through to the end. At some point, they need to, to, to really slam the door shut on some of these teams when they're way up. And part of the problem there, though, is that the bench is so inconsistent. And and here's here's one thing that I need to say because it's driving me effing bonkers. Luke, there's no chance you're listening, but if there's any way you can avoid any lineup that has any combination of of either all wings, you know, no point guards, or or all wings and and no LeBron, like either a point guard or LeBron needs to be on the court at all times, no matter what. That's a rule. That's a Newtonian law with this roster. Uh, we, it'd be cool if Brandon Ingram could manage that, but he, but he isn't. And and it'd be if you're going to do that, I don't think you can have Brandon Ingram and Lance Stevenson on the same court uh, on the court at the same time with that kind of role because Lance is too undisciplined to actually listen to to what needs to happen in order to to merely tread water. During those minutes, those minutes have been an unmitigated disaster. And what that leads to is some of these leads completely dissipating by the time LeBron or a point guard can come back into the game. So at this point, just like we've been learning small things that the Lakers have been able to put in their back pocket and be able to add to the to the foundation that they're, they're continuing to build right now, we also are able to put stuff in our back pocket that we know does not work. And, and, you know, I don't know if it's going to take an assistant coach looking at the lineup out there and having a spray bottle and spraying Luke on the back of the head. Like, no, 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 bad Luke. Don't go with that lineup. I don't know what it's going to take, but but those minutes have been just absolute dumpster fires, and and I and they're really hurting the team. And and the concern here too is when you're giving up these these big leads, it's an 82 game season, and it would be nice if one of these games LeBron can play 20 ish minutes because they just went out and, and whooped on a team. Right? It's cool to watch him score the 51 points that he scored last night. But at, at some point, you need to be able to get him some cheap games here and there that aren't on the side of blowouts, right, uh, where you're losing. It'd be nice to win one of these games and able to, to, to give and be able to give some of these veterans rest and not have to close out these games and, 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 and also avoid the, the stress of late game situations with the Lakers because it's not pretty, man. Let's uh, let's take one more quick second here and come back, and I will answer the rest of your questions. We'll go into uh, some rapid-fire stuff here. We have about four or five left, so, so sit tight. <laughs> so I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding when I say this. The the next question in the iTunes mailbag comes from Harrison Sucks. Not kidding. You guys can can look that up. Go on iTunes, check that out, and and upvote it. <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding, Harrison. I know you're listening. Uh, but this is uh, this is from Harrison Sucks. Lakers rotation and Bradley Beal for Brandon Ingram. So Anthony, please pick this for your mailbag. Done. That would be really cool. Cool. 
First off, Harrison is a DB. I'm guessing douchebag for leaving the the podcast. KD gets a pass. He's the new cupcake. Now that I have that off my chest, let's see. Number one, what's up with the Lakers rotation? Our starting lineup is point guard, small forward, two power forwards in the center. Uh, What an abysmal thing to watch in the small ball era. Does Luke Walton know about analytics? Uh, Then we have three shooting guards on the second team. Why not start Hart or even Lance and bring Kuzma off the bench? Kuzma playing defense is like bringing a knife to a gunfight. There's just zero chance at the success makes me literally sick i had to up my cbd dosage dosage hope you're using ease uh two after ingram's suspension i think he's hell-bent on getting traded to washington if we trade ingram or fillows for beal uh would we still have enough to sign a third max player next offseason i appreciate your insights all right so the answer to the very last question there, the cap gets tricky because LeBron is making, I believe, roughly $35 million or so. And if they want to sign Kevin Durant, that's going to cost about $38 million or so. And uh, that just that just gets a little tricky when you're working with the cap there, when you're dealing with Bradley Beal, who will be making upwards of about 30 or so. So that's the I think you can still make it work but you're getting kind of tight there. Uh also, the Lakers have their sights probably on Anthony Davis. If they if they're going to make a trade, uh I think they're going to keep all of their, their their cupboard as full as possible for an Anthony Davis trade and probably not a Bradley Beal trade. That's just my my educated hypothesis. I I guess I don't have to say educated there. Uh to answer the first question, the, the Lakers rotation, I, I, look, it's going to take some figuring out. As you mentioned in your own question, they have a bunch of pieces that are kind of mismatched, right? And they have now, fortunately, KCP playing better might make their their swap from, uh, you know, if they decide to move Kyle Kuzma to the bench or Brandon Ingram to the bench, that makes that a little bit easier where you have a little bit more uh, – consistency in terms of lineups from from one to the other um kcp just playing better just in general is is a huge bonus to to a lakers team that that desperately needed shooting like when you really think about it you actually look at kuzma's stats he's been somewhat disappointing this year especially from three-point range and that needs to come from somewhere else. Unfortunately, it looks like as of right now, uh, it, it looks like KCP is ready to get back to doing some of the things that that made him an interesting piece for the Lakers in the first place. Uh, in terms of the rest of the rotation, I, I think as we keep on talking about, it's just finding combinations that work and then utilizing those combinations as much as possible over the course of a game. And it's going to take longer than even the 15 or 16 games that the Lakers have played so far to figure that out. Wait for, and even Magic said, they're going to be a a, a different team on January 1st than they're going to be on November 19th. And, uh, And so that's going to be the case moving forward. Give them until at least, I'd say, Christmas or so. And, and if the rotation is still really jumbled, then okay. Then I'll listen a little bit more carefully to, to some of the concerns about Luke Walton's rotation. At some point, you can't keep throwing crap against the wall and hoping something sticks. And we aren't at that point right now. Kuzma's defense, and actually a lot of the Lakers' defense in general individually, they aren't very good individual defenders. Uh, Ingram is really the only individual defender that I look at and I say, that guy's got it, right? Or or Lonzo on, on certain matchups, that guy's got it. Josh Hart in the post, that guy can do that. But 
But in terms of just a general dynamo defender all over the court, the Lakers don't quite have that right now in terms of a one-on-one guy that you can just put on the other team's superstar and say, go get him, don't let him score. They don't have that right now. So so it's going to be frustrating. That said, the Lakers are looking a lot better defensively than they have over the last beginning of the season or so, right? So so enjoy the progress and and then hope that the progress continues moving forward and and if the Lakers wind up being a you know, a, a 10 a top 10 to top 15 team defensively, that puts them in a really good spot given how explosive they've shown themselves to be offensively. Next question here comes from uh, Lonzo, uh, from Canon 5D2, friend of the show. Lonzo just isn't good right now is the subject of the question. I don't know why you guys keep talking about Lonzo playing, not playing in crunch time as if it's Luke's fault. Lonzo's free throw percentage is barely over 60%. He doesn't attack the rim and is too timid to shoot. He needs to show the tenacity like Hart and Kuz. He does show tenacity on defense, and unfortunately... People don't really look at that kind of thing. It's it's so you have to be watching a lot more closely to watch somebody on defense than you are than it is obvious when that guy has it going offensively, right? I, I do think though there there is something to concerns about Lonzo's offensive tendencies. Like the guy is shooting almost forty percent on the season from three point range. And still hesitates from out there, right? And and really, he starts just about every single game with some kind of heave from 25 feet or so. And and I just don't think that's a sustainable way or, or the right approach to being a good offensive player. The other thing, too, is, and you mentioned free throws, I don't think he's very comfortable at the free throw line. And that sets a tone for the rest of of his offensive game. If you don't want to go to the free throw line, you're not going to be very good at finishing because you're going to be trying to avoid contact rather than seeking it out and trying to get to the line. And and that's really hurt the Lakers there. He also doesn't have very good footwork, uh, so that's going to hurt him as a pull-up jump shooter. That weird form that he has makes him not very good in the floater game either. So he's not he's not a good offensive player right now in terms of scoring the basketball. He does do some things. He has great instincts, and he puts the opposing defense in tough spots with those great instincts. But, you know... Is is that more or less valuable than than having a, a really good spot up shooter like Josh Hart or or Kyle Kuzma if he has it going? Who's to say? Now, if you combine that with what if if Lonzo ha- is engaged and is playing good defense and then doesn't finish that game, that's when I think people who are the most likely to yell at Luke Walton really do have a point. Like it at at some point you got to reward the guy for doing the right things defensively and and the best way, way to reward a basketball player or any athlete period is with playing time and responsibility. And we, you know, we haven't quite seen that even with Rondo out. I I don't think Lonzo has closed either of the last two games. Uh now closing a game out again in a blowout in Orlando, like that doesn't really matter, but he wasn't in down the the stretch of the Miami game. And I I do kind of sort of feel like that has something to do with him just kind of floating offensively. Teams, uh, teams, actually, Miami was the first team that I really saw 
go back to how teams were guarding him last year on drives where they just stayed home on their guy and told him, try to finish at the rim. That's fine. You can't, right? And and uh, and if teams really start doing that and he doesn't adjust, that's when the Lakers might really run into trouble. Next question here comes from C. Zan. Uh, Yorbalina representing here. Hey, man, why do the Lakers completely play a different style of basketball in the last 8 to 10 minutes of a game? It's something more than that's what teams do. Are they spent, tired, gassed? Are they trying to limit mistakes? How can this be so obvious yet the team doesn't make a change? Something has to be up. Somebody mentioned the analytics thing earlier. This is something that I really think needs to have more attention spent or or paid to. we don't really know what their analytics department looks like. Like they made some big splashy hire last year. And then the guy, I don't think he ever really updated his LinkedIn profile. Now, apparently they have somebody who Ben Rosales says that he went to school with or, or went to the same school uh, to not necessarily with that person. Uh, some like Ivy League kid. Maybe that's the case. Uh, but, but, you know, the fact that we don't know, and I pay a lot of attention to this stuff, and I, I have done quite a bit of digging on this stuff, and I haven't been able to find it, I, it surprises me that nobody has really asked about that, who has the opportunity to ask about that kind of thing, you know, with, with Rob Palenka, Magic Johnson, whatever. So uh, at some point, that'd be good to find out. And, and the reason I'm mentioning that is because, you know, you guys talk about noticing trends and then not adjusting to the the team not adjusting to that trend now it's it's not all taking place in a vacuum some of these decisions are, are kind of tough to make politically and in the locker room uh, but but for the purpose of this conversation if they aren't noticing those trends because there isn't a robust analytics department or information department that's concerning right uh, as, as it pertains to the, the actual question and why the Lakers changed the way they played on the stretch, I don't think it really has as much to do with, with being more tired than the team that they're playing against. I, I really honestly think that they're trying to it's, – it's a trial by fire where they say, look, we could run throughout the game, but eventually at some point – whether it's in playoffs or in the playoff race or whatever, they're going to have to figure out how to operate in the half court in clutch situations, and it's a learning process, so you may as well get those, try to iron out as many wrinkles as you possibly can right now in November so they don't come back to bite you in March, April, May, and <laughs> Lord willing, June, right? So I, I think that's what it comes down to. It's frustrating as all hell. Uh, I find myself yelling at the TV, run, run, run. Uh, but I don't, I, it's, that's one, that's how NBA teams in general operate. Two, with this team especially, I think it's a learning process that they're, that they're going through right now. So you have to pay attention to the process as much as the results. Last couple questions here. This is from Clayton H21. Let's dream for a second. Uh, let's pretend the Lakers made that trade for Brow, Lonzo, KCP, and Ingram. I'd be sad to see the, t- the the kids go, but would they have enough room in the offseason to grab a third guy, Clay or Lillard, for example? Uh, well, they wouldn't. They wouldn't have any assets for Damian Lillard, so that would be out of the question. Clay, I think, fits into. That equation, though I don't think he's leaving Golden State. I, I think of all of the guys in Golden State, Clay seems the most happy. 
He's just a, a happy-go-lucky dude. I think at one point he said, I get paid a bunch of money to make three-pointers. I think I'm going to stay here. So that's a that's a perfect quote if you're a, if you're a Golden State fan. Uh, but in terms of, and, and we were trying to figure this out in the Silver Screen and Roll Slack, what a, you know, what it would take to have LeBron, AD, and KD all on the team at the same time. And and basically, you have to wipe out the entire roster. Like, you have those three guys, maybe a couple draft picks if, if there's room for them there. But you have to wipe out the almost the entire roster and then surround them with, you know, league or, or veteran minimum type contracts. And and look, those three guys are good enough to, to be able to make it work. Uh, that's a great place to start, but that's a very different way of building a team than the Lakers have done over the last you know six seven years. So we'll see how that how that would actually play out. This KD stuff is really fascinating. I mean, Pete and I talked about it. And there's a lot of smoke swirling around that team. His his play has really fallen off since Draymond called him uh, the B word, and so. Yeah, I, that that's worth monitoring. And, and like I said earlier, it's worth monitoring uh, how New Orleans plays over the course of the season because as if they continue to kind of decline and, say, AD starts getting frustrated as well, he's a clutch client. That's an email away from, from LeBron or, or his camp is an email away from LeBron's camp. And, and because they're under the same management, it's really easy to tamper. <laughs> so, so and, and, and as we saw last year, I'm sure that Magic probably did a little bit of tampering with LeBron uh, through the connection that he had with KCP having the same agent that LeBron did. So worth monitoring all that. And it's fun to dream. Let's keep dreaming. Last question here from QBreezy12. I've always been a big fan of Fultz since the Washington days, and despite all of his warts, with the Sixers possibly growing skeptical of his future, should the Lakers pursue him or other young players with low stock, uh, stock but high upside options? I No. Like, in short, no. And it's because when you have LeBron... You, you surround him with predictability. Like the Lakers are trying to surround him with upside, right? And what we're kind of sort of learning is, well, Brandon Ingram has upside, but he doesn't really fit with LeBron right now. And he hasn't really tailored his game to be able to fit with LeBron. And that upside is only good if A, it pans out, and B, it pans out pans out in a way that also fits with the other superstar on your team. Uh, Lonzo Ball, we're kind of sort of finding out, is an awkward fit with with LeBron. Uh, even even though you know they're doing whatever they can to make it work, uh, the Lakers coaching staff, you know, trying to get Lonzo setting screens or whatever. Uh, they, they're doing whatever they can to make it work, but but when you have a a win now mentality as the Lakers do because of LeBron's presence on the on the team. You can't really just kind of buy low with a Markel Fultz who, look, I don't know if he's going to be, because of the way his shot looks, I, it's hard for me to, to, to say he'll ever pan out, right? Maybe he'll be a a slightly below league average player maybe that's what he tops out as and if you want to if you want to buy low and that's the 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 high kind of outcome there i don't think it's really worth it and and maybe you could look around the league and find some other guys and and look if the if that 
aforementioned scenario of of Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant and LeBron all be on the same being on the same team pans out, then the Lakers will have to find some I wouldn't call them buy low, but but value type contracts, right? That that is where you know maybe the the Lakers go or well not maybe they would have to go to find productivity outside of those three guys. So just a few thoughts. That'll do it though for this episode of the Locked On Lakers podcast. Thank you guys very much for those questions and 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 also thanks for I'm I'm starting to feel a little better. I my, I'm a little less plugged up. The the nose is is kind of starting to, to to dislodge a little bit, so that's kind of nice. Thanks for you guys sending you know well wishes and stuff. That was that was really nice of you guys. Uh, so all that positivity is 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 a good thing at the end of the day. So let's keep rolling with that. I will be back at it again tomorrow with a guest, I believe. We'll be recording tomorrow night. It'll be in preparation for LeBron going to Cleveland for the first time and and only time this season. So, So get ready for that. Have a great rest of your day.